0: You're listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson, and for the next half an hour or so, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined fresh from his New Year's Eve celebrations. It's your birthday as well, actually, I think. It is, it? it is, it is. is. your birthday 31st of January? Gen- uh, 31st of December? December. By my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd. Hey. Um, One so- year older. Your poor mum then. What do you reckon she was celebrating all, and then she probably had attractions. Well, and then my father you which always
1: was the least um, emotional thing he's ever said, which to a long, long list. He said it was it was tax beneficial as an American that he had a child that year because he's had child. So he got that you. Year. He got you. He got was, he got a child benefit, whatever that means.
0: What time were you uh, uh, of the day? Were you born in the evening or do you know?
1: I was born at about seven in the morning, I think.
0: Oh, Okay, so your mum could just carry on celebrating later.
1: Yeah, so then she had I the whole see, day, see. and then, then then, there was the evening, and I think my father probably went out and had a few drinks.
0: <laughs> I mean, those days, probably men weren't actually attending births, were they?
1: Well, no, I, my father's a bit more, he still picks up my kids from school.
0: Oh, he's 82. Good man. Yeah. What's his name? Stephen. Stephen. Yeah.
1: And he even drinks a the other day.
0: Has he ever listened to you on the radio?
1: No, I'll, I'll, I'll send him this one when he's actually getting bit of, when I'm not being sort of, you know, talking about his culinary skills, which yeah. actually aren't bad for an 82 year old man.
0: Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm so, not
1: suggesting you go out for dinner, but you know.
0: No. Uh, what did you do for New Year's Eve?
1: I uh, had some friends over. So did I. Uh, and you, did you? Did you deliver on your plan? I of, did.
0: I did. I just think it's so expensive when you go out for New Year's Eve. It's really expensive. It's and, as well. And I love creating something with just a bunch of friends and chatting and trying some of the new things that we've tried during the year, actually, and that I've been really keen on. So yeah, I had a really nice time. Yeah. Well, thank God, this wasn't the next day. We're at least we got and, two days clear. Yeah, we've
1: got a little bit of time. But then again, we're not yeah. we're not about to go into um, sort of fifteen margarita brands. Fun and, 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 and <laughs> enough for that in and 2019. Vodkas,
0: yeah. <laughs> and and do you have any um, sort of news resolutions? We have we have talked about a couple, you and me. Yeah, but have we you have. Got any?
1: So I tell you, two one one's really boring, which is I want to plan my food more. Plan. Yeah, just I sort of feel like. Because we have two kids and life's hectic, and both my wife and I have jobs, it's just I just feel that at times we just don't get on top of the whole like what are we cooking, what's it going to be, and how does it run. And so, there's a mission for me on like just getting under control of what's coming through because I think then you can cook more interestingly. I and mean, I'm lucky if you're able to shop locally, but just getting on top of that. And the second one is one we talked about a few weeks ago, which is about treading more lightly, treading more light in
0: your mm. impacts on yeah, the world.
1: just better, better, fewer.
0: I'm just I'm going to just spend huge amounts of money.
1: Is that is that is for twenty twenty? If if you are the marketing director of Harrods, you basically just hit your bones.
0: <laughs> because I I, I am I'm, I'm slightly joking, but I just want to buy better and less of it. So I want to just really treat myself to really amazing, innovative stuff, and uh, but not have too much of it.
1: It's listen, I think it's a... not
0: indulge too much on it. Just you know, I don't want to eat more veg. More veg. I mean, I eat a lot of veg anyway, but I want to I want to expand my veget my vegetable repertoire. Because so I think there's some great veg out there and I need to learn how to cook it better.
1: So or be a, more adventurous in my is cooking again, On a monthly basis, we should ask the question, what, what veg did you have you cooked? cooked yeah, yeah. And the other one we had, would oh,
0: yeah, is, what cocktail have you made? you made? Yeah, okay. So it's that's both our, sides. Our, that's both our, sides. Our, yeah. okay, it's seven like, you It's new know. year's resolution. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll just come on. I did cabbage. <laughs> I boiled, I boiled cabbage. it. <laughs> I boiled cabbage yesterday. What the did you do?
1: on it. It was delicious. Oh, sous vide. Do you know I did actually? A few weeks ago, I went to Soho House in in Soho. Surprisingly, Dean Street, and I had the vegetarian options, and they had the most delicious um aubergine, which was cooked lots of spice, and then a beautifully pan-fried piece of cabbage with chili and butter. It, it was a, a delicious meal where I absolutely would say one hundred percent no missing of the fact there was no meat on that.
0: It's good. I just but need to get better at cooking. I know, so <laughs> do I. Yeah. Okay. um So, um, talking about cooking, we are joined by Marianne Lum, Hello. who's a chef. You're a chef, aren't you? I am indeed. Yes. Um, And, uh, well, you've done all sorts of things. I'm going to just read out a little bit of a biography here. Uh, Grew up in Leicestershire. Father was the village butcher. Yes. Not much chance of you being vegetarian, was there, when you grew up?
2: I Uh, did have a stage. A little bit. We all have a little bit of that, don't we?
0: Uh, A classically trained chef worked at uh, Grave Manor? Grave Tee Manor. Manor, And has been a private chef to... Oh, uh, Soros, the Bamford families, who's obviously JCB family, also cooked for Sir Elton John and National Treasure Joanne Lumley. Nice. She's vegetarian, I think.
1: She is, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um
0: in nine sorry, in two thousand thirteen you established your own restaurant in Trendy Notting Hill, restaurant Marianne, which is very, very well regarded actually. Thank you. Rated top gastronomic experience by Harden's Guide in two thousand seventeen. Have you ever been? Did you ever go?
1: I didn't. I, I feel terrible.
0: Hmm. <laughs> no, Notting not, Hill,
1: you know, it's the other side of town. Yeah. It's a long way from, from Highbury. Of course
0: it is. Um, and I know you left there um, in August 2018. And and then you were, well, you were a finalist on MasterChef Chef in 2009. You were a finalist on The Great British Menu in 2018.
2: Indeed. And
0: you're often on Saturday Kitchen Live.
2: Yes, love that. Do you? Yeah. Is yeah. it a nice atmosphere? It always looks like it's great fun to be there. There's such a good there. team and like The Home Economist is like the most. Most incredible organised woman ever, Michaela. She's awesome. She's just with that it, lot. Creating havoc around her, <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> it's brilliant. And it really makes you feel good to be there, even though you've got up at like four in the morning. It's yeah. amazing. Well, it's good. Um, we're also joined
0: by Oliver Farmelo of Ollie's Nectarus. Now, we know Oliver really well. Ollie. Yes. We've got two Ollies in the studio today um so uh the reason why we know ollie really well is because he uh was a winner on the future food awards yeah well done thank you very much and it was quite nerve-wracking because Mm. you're quite young if you don't mind me saying um and your lovely mum was there i remember Mm, she's she's lovely um and you had to stand up in front of our pretty imposing judges which also included ollie lloyd
1: there were some imposing journalists and then there was me.
0: And then there was you. Yeah. Um, in front of all sorts of uh, amazing people and had to stand up with quite a crowd and do your pitch for three minutes. Yeah. Um, and you did really, really well.
3: Thank you, yeah. I was a bit nervous beforehand, but once you mm. get into the flow. I'm not surprised, <laughs> yeah. Once you get into the flow,
0: you're okay. So we're going to have a little taste of, of, of your stuff in a minute. Mm. Um, so, Marianne, what, what are you doing at the moment? What's what, what, what are you I'm up doing? to? apart oh, from like, having
2: such a nice time. So I moved out of London last year after I left uh, my restaurant, moved back home to Leicestershire so I was born in Melton Mowbray and but I was always really keen to kind of get down to London and then I got to the stage now you've done that <laughs> done yeah. it. so it's lovely it's such a different pace of life um uh, and i 'm it 's so different from having a restaurant to uh, having a really sweet little cottage in the country and cooking from veg boxes, local game recipe writing um, and I, I i kind of i 'm picking and choosing really nice projects so i 've spent um, a couple of months in Sardinia in the summer took my partner mm. with me awful for you it was incredible so this amazing musician and he'd bought this hotel that was built in the 60s, and it was a tiny little hotel, but it's the most beautiful estate, completely unspoiled, and um, lots of little wild tortoises and wild boar. I mean, it's just <gasps> charming. You could, have got a,
1: you could have got a little mate for You cannot fresh. bring them back. <laughs> oh, can't you? No. <laughs> oh,
2: they're so cute. They are so cute, aren't they? Amazing. So it was one of those moments where you just go, oh, I'm getting paid to do this, you know, because the restaurant was incredible, but it was, you know, it was, it was hard. Sorry, yeah, hard work. Yeah. Um, so, so I've been doing that, and I've got a trip to the Maldives in March, cooking there. And um, so it's lots of traveling, lots of recipe writing. But I think most importantly, I just needed a Bit of a slower pace of life for a bit I've lost 15 kilos in weight in it oh. so I so I lift this bag of flour in my kitchen which is 15 kilos and I can't believe it, I used to carry that around um so yeah it's awesome and it's really nice being a chef because I've had a pretty varied career I've done a bit of food development I've done a bit of tv done restaurants so I can kind of pick and choose a little bit now but I've never really kind of cooked for a boyfriend at home. You know, I've always been cooking professionally, so to be able to do that is really nice.
1: Does he appreciate um, what? Does he? But I hope he's, he's, he appreciates so it. So
2: spoiled, like. <laughs> He gets loads of prawns at home, but when we go out, you know he does not There was only about two on the plate. Um but no, it's really nice. But what you were saying earlier about planning what you're cooking, mm. it's so nice to be able to do that and actually have, the have the luxury time. Of that
0: time, yeah. yeah it. It's
2: awesome. Mm. So mm. Yeah, happy days over here.
0: And and what do you what, what do you think you're going to lean towards then? Because you've done all these things in the food sector. Is there anything that or are you just gonna be have an eclectic mix? I think they call it a portfolio career.
2: Oh, I like that. You're gonna mm. you know, have
0: a portfolio career or is there something that you really Really keen on. I mean, I, I belong to the um, Guild of uh, Fine Fine food. food Writers. Yeah, yeah. Oh and yes, we, me too. We sometimes have some 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 guests from there. Um, you know, and that's that's a real skill writing about food and developing recipes. It's um, a
2: different skill, isn't it? Yeah, and and also cooking at home for one other person is so different to cooking mm. in a restaurant kitchen. Um, and then finding your voice, because I know that there's so many food writers in the Guild and they just mm-hmm. write so beautifully. And, you know, I haven't written really since school. I've been cooking. I've had a knife in my hand, not a pen, So, or an hour to keyboard. So, mm. no, it's a completely different skill. I'm not going to lie. I think I do have another restaurant in me. Do you? Yeah, ah, it's maybe. hard work. Got, I are just, you going to build up the energy first? Is that? It? It's yeah. It's nice just to kind of. It's nice to relax because my restaurant was so small. It was 14 covers, and my and it was called Marianne, and everyone expected to see me, and if I wasn't there, I felt guilty all the time. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but so you call it something like Sue, so, and just you know. <laughs> I'd like, no, be
2: <laughs>
0: wouldn't I? <laughs> well, it wouldn't go if we called it lolly because
1: it's a no. sort of squirrel. And got but I hope you're, you, you're looking at doing something in the country.
2: Yes.
0: Because I to, say, to London,
1: I am yeah. such a believer that it, I mean, it's not going to say it's easier outside of London, but I think that. London is an absolute rat race from a yeah. food perspective, and yeah. there are so many new things all the time. It's incredible, it's so though, I mean, having
0: said yeah. that, but only as a as a punter, I wouldn't like well, to be in it.
1: No, but, but as a punter, really the, the crazy things. I mean, I'm supposed to know what's going on in the world of food. The number of times people say, "Oh, have you been to?" I'm like, "No, I'm I mean, keep up with it. I cannot. I I can't keep up with it, and it's just <laughs> no. it's it's a war zone.
2: Mm. I know. I do agree. I think it's very different in the country, like. Customers expect really big portions and they expect to pay hardly anything for it. So that's a real challenge. Whereas in London, you can, you know, I had a real... You can flex. Yes. Yeah, you can. And people mm-hmm. are very happy to pay £150 for but a truffle you get,
1: menu. You get the, you know, I, I always think Josh Eggleton's a great example. Somebody's built a beautiful pub outside of Bristol with the pony and trap. And actually, I think there are lots of those sort of amazing pubs that are still doing really interesting things that have that sense of community.
0: Yes. I mean, yes. Where, see, where I live is, is, is um, a very small town and uh, a couple of quite high-end chefs have just set up this lovely restaurant. Ooh. It's only about 20, 25 covers, I would say. Nice. Um, it's called Hide and Fox. I recommend it to anybody. Um, Hide and Fox. Yeah, really nice. Uh, they do tasting menu and everybody's going, oh, it's fantastic. Not enough of it. <laughs> that's what everybody's saying because because they, live in, they don't live in London and it's like, oh, I just, don't, go when, don't go when you're hungry you know <laughs> and all that sort of stuff and it's like it's, the food's not about that to, to me food's about tasting stuff and you know all that sort of stuff uh, and I, I think it's really interesting it'd be interesting to see how they do because they are really really good I'm really impressed by, by mm. what they're doing um, <laughs> but again yeah it's the portion thing.
2: Um, you've got and, to be really careful. I think you've got to get it just right because I know when my Leicestershire family came in, I was thinking, oh, no, there's not going to be enough on yeah.
0: the plate. Well, for me, it's <laughs> perfect. What they do is perfect. It's perfect size.
1: It's just not and... putting enough bread on the plate, I'm making sure there are a few <laughs> sides. You're sort of saying, here, here are the potato dauphinoise. <laughs> Knock yourself out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but that then upsets the balance of the thing that you're creating.
1: I know, so. but it's... But I also think it's hard. That, it's hard. Also. But I also think food is food can at times take itself too seriously, and I think that it if it becomes so detailed and rarefied mm. that you just can't really kind of kick back and enjoy it.
0: No, this is very relaxed, actually, very enjoyable. Not, you know, not too sort of status, you know, oriental. How are the
1: plate? Do the plate? Are the plates very tight or are they quite loose in terms of the way they're laid out? Is it? It's quite tight. Is it? Yeah, and that Instagrammable.
0: Yes, but not... I don't think they're showing off. It's genuinely really interesting pairings and are very, very skilled, I think. And I think, probably like you, it's like, well, I want to go to country and I want to do my own stuff. You know, we don't want to be open on we'll finish on Sunday lunchtime and then not be open again till Tuesday night probably and have a bit more quality of life and some really great stuff. So it's interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Because it deserves to succeed. Yes. But but I, I, does that match the clientele that are there? I don't know. Quite interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough.
1: It's hard. I, I mean...
0: Whereas in London, I think you have it... But if you foot become football. a destination,
1: you know, obviously Longloom, you know, these sort of sat yeah. veins, these places can absolutely do what ever they want to do because yeah. they become a destination. But those early days are still quite tricky. You've got to yeah. you've got to draw people in. Mm. And I think, you know, if you've got the capital to to play that waiting game, or you've mm. got some amazing destination like the one up near um, it's not Wildwood, it's one that's up in, um, they've got, I think, two stars now. Um, oh, you know, or something. Yeah, there's, Yinsha, there's And, and you know, those are places, they can kind of do what they like because yeah. they're defining, their destinations. But if you're not a destination, I think you've got to rely on the local clientele and You've got to find a way to do
0: both mm. well the only thing I think for where I live is, is huge numbers of people commute to London from mm. and therefore I would imagine quite a lot that. of people are used to eating in London it's like oh great I can finally instead yeah. of Friday night I don't have to eat in London and we'll mm. you know come back late I can I can eat near my house uh, uh, yeah. um, and get the same sort of quality and you know much cheaper obviously yeah
1: so, I think but they, they haven't like got both. rooms though have they no. Because that's no. where places like Grave Gravetie, where you cooked, yes. you know, where George Vlog is now. I mean, that's one of the most beautiful. um so nice, I mean, the, isn't the, it? the kitchen garden there, so you together. honestly go there. the kitchen garden is. Like nothing I've ever seen. Really, it's extraordinary. It's beautiful,
2: Mm. and it was the. It's a yeah. It's a walled traditional walled garden, and the actual kind of grounds as well were one of the first um, grounds. I think William Robinson. Someone crazy. And it was the first garden that introduced informality to an English garden. So no, it's it's, down your way. Yeah, stunning.
0: and what um, what what sort of food would you serve? Well, or you know, have you got a sort of menus in your head? Having us just describe yeah, quite a mean, fine food because fine food is hard to exist
2: Yes, yeah, you know, so, I, mean, London, I I've recently. It's funny how your food style changes. So we kind of the food at Restaurant Marion was very refined, and then going back home, I'm kind of. You know, there's pheasant and there's mm-hmm. mallard and there's beautiful vegetable boxes, mm. and then you know, there's old school English veg, so Brussels and swede, and and I'm loving playing with these. And I've I've been because because I'm very close to Malta Morbury. I've been reinterpreting the pork pie. <laughs> oh, pork <laughs> but pies. in a really, but Fabulous. in a really fun way. So I've got about three different quite cool pork pies. And when I say pork pie, it's basically pork and either pastry or potato or a dish that I'm going to call a pork pie. So I'm having loads of fun and the markets are amazing up there you know how Rick Stein's saying the french markets are better and and they are incredible but went to this market the other day and there were geese in cages quails and it was like 200 Where years ago in Melton mowbray cattle market i mean it was completely i was blown away fabulous
1: by it. but i think it's one of the things i'm really exploring at the moment which is the way, the difference in the way that we cook as an urban community versus a a rural community. Because the fact is, if you live in a place like London or Birmingham or Manchester, you can walk home and drop into a Sainsbury's local, Tesco local, all those kind of shops and pick up things and find things at little specialist stores. In the country, you just cook a much more kind of rustic, Big flavour doesn't mean it's not modern and interesting. It's just a different style. Yes. I do think. But it's...
0: you laughed. You know, you, you were laughing at me the other week because I'd made steak and kidney pudding because it was. I'm impressed.
1: No, I'm impressed. I mean, you know,
0: because cheap cuts is
1: easy, and, and
0: maybe because I am sort of a little bit in the country and near the sea, and that that feels more appropriate. Was when you're in Highbury, and you've got all these amazing, you know, yeah, yeah. sort of emporiums, food emporiums. Yeah. You know, I can't get that stuff that yeah. easily yeah. without ordering
1: online. Yeah, and I went, you worked know, near the Japan Centre, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you know, I in Chinatown you can I can wander out and get literally anything, anything at or, any time
0: literally from anywhere around the world yeah. really
1: that's available. which is bonkers and I, but I yeah. think that's it does force a different style of cooking and I think if you're in London or you're in one of the major metropolitan cities of this country you are you know, you're constantly hit with ideas that are sort of, you know, beyond mm. beyond the UK. I think mm. it's, it's a different, it's different style of cooking.
0: And Marianne, would you would, would you consider now having um, um a sort of vegan stuff on your menu because that's that's quite a push for vegetarian? Or no, would we just all, stick. Quite... We always
2: had to do. We all I would. We would always be ready on um vegan. Tasting menu. So we we went. We started as à la carte, and then we ended um, as tasting menu. So we ha- we had to have everything ready in the back pocket: gluten free, dairy free, vegan. And so um, and I find it a real challenge. And I love in the, I love using nuts. You know, especially hazelnuts in hazelnut oil. I love a nutty flavour. I find them absolutely delicious. So I always think it's a challenge. And actually, in Sardinia, the family are vegetarian. So I kind of in the winter when I'm cooking with them, I really miss doing ham hock. And chicken stocks, but it's a challenge to find that umami, you know, using mushrooms and truffles. Yeah. so, so it's no, good. Um, yeah, I think it's. So, if uh, you
0: brought something with you, because we're gonna we're gonna pass on to Oliver in a minute, who's yeah, vegan and yeah. not the slightest bit interested in you talking about <laughs> pork and
2: and things like
0: that. Sorry, it's interesting. <laughs> Sorry, Ali. Um, um, oh yes, so, I so, you, so What
2: have you done? So it's a little bit late, but it's a little Christmas cake. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a goji. Got leftover
1: from last Christmas. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. goji and rye Christmas. Christmas cake because
1: I thought you know
2: Christmas Let's cakes go,
1: are very wrong. a very kind of um, do you think Christmas cake should be drawn into the new year This is your your this yeah. this is a whole new radical thing. Like do you know I love a piece of oh, uh, cake. I hope I'm, not so. oh,
0: the, I'm not great on that. I'm not great on the icing. Um, that's not my favourite. Only think, a tiny it, bit. The
1: icing is beautiful. Uh,
0: but but I but I love the fruit. I love I, I love that about Christmas. You know all the sort of. I don't know, the spices and the. It smells so beautiful. Um, the cinnamon. Did you make that yourself? That was I very, did. very pretty. I did. So, um, can you eat it if you're vegan? No. No, it's got, it's got milky things
2: in it. in it. Yeah, of course. That's yes. I'm Sorry. afraid. Sorry about that. So you can't have any. You can look at it. You smell it. Sorry, smell it. I didn't know. I, I was thinking of doing a vegan one, actually. But then I, I love butter so, so much. So
0: what's your recipe?
2: Oh, yeah, I couldn't give up butter, sorry. Um, what's your recipe? So this is butter. I don't like my Christmas cakes too dark, so I've put soft light brown sugar rather than dark sugar. Mm. And then obviously butter and then... I've really gone to town with the dried fruit, so prunes, figs, apricots. And then I thought, why not goji berries? They're a kind of dried fruit.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I hate, though, Sorry. is candied peel. I do, too. What is and that? It's terries. horrible. I mean, horrible. So when I made my Christmas pudding this year, I didn't have any of that. I just put loads and loads of different nuts in. Nice. So because I live in Kent, um, uh, cob nuts are...
2: Oh, lovely. In Kent.
0: Um, yeah, and all sorts of, you know, snipped some apricots in there. Um... And I just love that smell, that that Christmassy smell of you know, sort of cinnamon and mace and spices and I do too. quite old-fashioned so English. Uh, English spices, I think. Well, thank you. I'm just going to nick a piece.
1: Oh, um, okay. I know it's a terrible thing to say. I've, what? Uh, don't the, you like no, it? no, the Italians. The Italians are really, really good. <laughs> just saying, you didn't like it. Mary. The Italians are really it good from... at picking moments in seasons when they do a particular dish. Oh, moist. Mm. Mm. And I, it's what's sad for me about a dish like this. It's it's so delicious, but. We ghettoize it in one month. Yeah, why do we do that? <laughs> why do we do that? Like, I understand the idea that you have asparagus when it's in season. Oh, it's gorgeous. I understand the idea that you know, you know. But the thing for me, things like panettone mm. and what's the Italian, the the Easter one, com-
2: panforte.
1: No, um, no, the one with sugar on top. My son loves it.
2: Seminal cake. No, that's quite similar to it. you know, you,
1: you have these moments where you, you only get them available if like a week, and you're like, <gasps> boy,
2: mm. Yeah,
1: you know, this is so delicious. It's it mm. shouldn't be stuck in.
0: Christmas. i need a nice cup of tea with that i'm <laughs> <Well>, going <laughs> <laughs> get the producer it's... sharon let bring us a nice cup of tea <laughs> oh, <no>. mm. <laughs> on a nap that is lovely mm, thank you um, and it's got some great textures in there as well and it's incredibly moist
2: i um, wanted it to be nice and um, mm.
0: see when i make my christmas pudding i don't put too many raisins in it and and sultanas because that's just too quite boring blunt and yeah boring and too sweet and there's loads and loads of lovely, lovely dried fruits that you can use instead. Mm. Um, and that, that, to me, is almost like a little a bit like a bread pudding, mm. which I love as well. It's a delicious Thank cake. You. It's absolutely delicious. Thank right, you. So while
1: we, now, so, I'm suddenly back at Christmas. You know, yes. it, it does carry... They keep till
0: next
1: Christmas. Yeah, but that's, they do keep quite a long time, don't mm. they?
0: Mm.
2: Yes, they age very well.
1: They age well, like a good wine.
0: Or me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on.
0: Oliver. Yes. What I really want to do is I, I really want Marianne to try your, mm. Ollie's Nectarus, if mm. you if you wouldn't mind. Um, okay. So Ollie won the 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 you know he he won the final of uh, the young young producer Thank you. Thank you. nice one. award um, because we were so amazed at, at what he's produced. Now obviously it actually needs cooking, but we're not allowed to cook in the studio because to get the ump. Um, so um, here we have it's plant based. Yeah. It's gluten-free and it has natural sugar. So that's pretty That's that's pretty hard to deliver, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Ollie launched that in his home kitchen in 2018. And currently there's three flavours. And the one that won was chocolate and maca, I think, we yes. had, which was oh, gorgeous. Um, then there's a lava cake with a melting middle. Mm, lemon really and mandarin sponge, uh, which had a sort of sticky citrus sauce. And a chocolate and peanut butter ganache with a salted caramel sauce. Lovely. Mm. Um, so, tell us a little bit about what you got there.
3: Yes, so I've brought the lemon and mandarin sponge and I've brought some bites of the chocolate and maca lava cake. So this would normally be a melt-in-the-middle pudding. Mm. But I've brought some bites just to give you an idea of the taste. Mm. So be very interested this what you think, indulgent. Mariam. Ooh, it's sweetened fancy. with uh, coconut sugar. So mm. it's got a very similar to like muscovado or something like that where it's quite rich. Mm. Um, mm. And the maca adds like a natural caramel taste. It comes mm. from uh, the root, the maca root.
2: mm
0: So when we were tasting it as judges, it was obviously hot. Mm. We just cut into it and all this gorgeous gooey stuff came out of the middle. It's delicious. I mean, you you would not believe that was vegan, would you? No. I think that's really hard. We
3: thought it was very hard to achieve, didn't we? When it's Mm. cold, it's a bit like a brownie, actually. It's Mm. sort of more like a a fondanty sort of texture. It really delivers on, you know, when you want something chocolatey. Mm, Exactly, yeah. (laughs) And yeah, you wouldn't want a massive portion of it because it's quite strong in chocolate. Mm. That's so cool. So, have you have you had much chef training? No, my mum was a trained patisserie chef, so I've always sort of had that passion for food passed on from her. Um, I remember, you know, when we were little, always cooking cookies, cakes, pastries. Um, and I've always been passionate about food. You know, I, I studied um, food technology at A level, um, and then when I went to uni, I did uh, business studies. And I, once I left, I was I wanted to do something that I enjoyed, and the, the only thing that sort of came to mind was food. Um, so I went into well, I turned vegan around the same time, and I felt that there was a bit of a gap on the shelves for truly like indulgent puddings that you can't tell are free from. Because I feel like, especially when I started, a lot of them on the shelf, um, if they were gluten-free, they weren't vegan. And if they're vegan, they weren't gluten-free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult, because my mum's a, right. a celiac disease, so I sort of had to combine the two without compromising on quality
0: that's not bad is it for a pastry chef to be celiac yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty difficult oh, yeah, it's
3: unfortunate <laughs> mm, it's really unfortunate um but so, yeah uh, indulgence was always the main focus
0: so what's the other one that you've got there so again got, pretty hard because it's not warm
3: so. yes so the texture won't be exactly right but it's a lemon and mandarin sponge how
2: lovely
3: and it's got a sticky citrus sauce. i like the pots as well They're you, nice. yeah mm. it comes little glass ramekins
0: mm. Um, and how's it going since uh, since the award When we saw you in the it's going well, yeah. The September last October,
3: the last sort of year and or so, I've been sort of working to get the puddings retail ready. So it's been a lot of recipe testing, a lot of mm. uh, contacting buyers, working out costs. Um, I've never done, i never started a business before, so it's all been very new to me. So the most, like, most recently, the last few months, we've been um, contacting buyers. Uh, we entered the uh, Future Food Awards and. Uh, luckily, one which is great publicity. I, I think threat.
0: that was luck, actually, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we had huge hundreds and
3: hundreds of entrants, so it definitely wasn't luck. <laughs> think, yeah, mm. um, but yeah, at the moment now we're sort of we're at that point where we're launching into market, so it's um it's unknown really the future. How
0: <laughs> oh. yeah, mm. exciting.
1: exciting! It's exciting, exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. It's also interesting because I think there's um when you look at the consumer that is most likely to be vegan, mm. it is a younger consumer. Yes. Mm. And there's this flip for me on that on that audience, which is on one level, they're much more kind of aware of their their sort of environmental, ethical, mm. culinary footprint, so what they're consuming and how they consume it. But that doesn't mean they don't want indulgence. Mm. And I think that actually, you know, one of the tricks is is how to deliver on that indulgent requirement mm. without compromising all the other things. Yeah. So I think I think it's a really interesting space because so often indulgent is just, you know, a massive whack of sugar, you know, and actually not all the best things. And I think, you know, what's really interesting with what we're doing is is trying to square that circle.
0: But if some people are are, are sort of going um, vegan for January, you know, after Christmas and stuff, uh, you do need something like that occasionally just to... Keep you going, really. Mm. You know, yeah. even if you don't, you know, if you're not a vegan all the time, if, you, if or even if you're just vegan during the week, and
1: it's hard. Sometimes you it's need hard
0: a little bit of that, vegans,
3: don't you, really? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I find like um, a lot of people are going one day a week uh, without meat or one day a week without meat and dairy. Mm. It's sort of, as you say, they go hand in hand with um, your footprint, and I think shopping local obviously comes into play as well. If you're uh, eating a lot more fruit and veg, you end up inevitably shopping more locally, and whether it's a farm shop or a market, so I. They're Definitely go hand in hand. I think.
2: Mm.
0: So there, Marianne, you need to get the recipes of Ollie
2: for your new
3: restaurant when you open it.
2: I think they're they're very beautifully balanced. Okay. Actually, mm. well done, you. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah. So a bit of a star of the future. I know. I like know. <laughs> mm. So
0: I'm uh, just about to draw the program to a close. Uh, before we do, Marianne, have you got any um, predictions for 2020 in the world of eating out?
2: Predictions? Any? Oh, putting or any spot. sort of
0: trends that you're thinking.
2: I was asked a food trend about 10 years ago and I said something, and I can still see it now. So, can I cannot say that again? Yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Has it not I, happened yet? I predicted, no, I predicted that people would be using lots more vegetables in desserts. And I just think that's still growing now, don't you? Mm. Like, mm. especially in like Copenhagen or places like that. Mm. But I think it's so fascinating, the whole food trends thing, because the vegan thing is. is Fascinating, And then when you look at carbon footprints and all of that sort of thing, but I mean, sorry to be boring, but it is going to be eating more local. I mean, it's inevitable, isn't it? Definitely,
0: definitely. Um, Ollie, have you got it some is, but key it's, but it's, trends?
2: For it's interesting
1: to me that we've all been talking about that for a long time. Yeah, And I think these things, I think the bottom line of trends is they take longer to actually hit the mainstream, mainstream. Than, mm. than we all think. And, you know, there is still only about, what, about 2% of the population is actually strictly vegan. And yes, you know, forty odd percent might be prepared to eat vegan dishes occasionally. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see anything that's super new, um, but I, I, I do think, I, I, th- I think the health trend is just going to become more and more nuanced as people start. To, you know, we, you know, if I look at the pro- people we've had over the, on the program in, in 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 the last year, you know, whether it's the Kafirs of this world, whether it's the printable. Um, vitamins from you know nourished i mean it's just so much of the sort of like well how can i help people in lots of different ways i think that is the area that sort of micro helping is where we're going to get stuff
0: yeah i mean my prediction i think um i think we're going to see the supermarket struggling even more this year than they have been i think it's going to be a real i just think they're really struggling are they always evolve though they're going to have to i don't know if they can evolve quickly enough at the moment just, uh, I agree sure. with you, Sue. Yeah, and I'm talking about the big, huge, you know, supermarkets, mm. um, uh, national supermarkets. I, I think they're, they're just going to. I think their market share is going to, you know, drop even further. And I think, I think they'll they'll have to really, really think about what they stand for and what mm. they do and what they are. Which is no bad thing because they will reinvent no, no. themselves. I know they will, but but I do think there'll be a bit of a um, sea change around that.
1: It was interesting, one of the things, I went went to a very interesting talk the other day by Alan Jope, the CEO of Unilever, who was talking about the importance of mission within organisations. And I think if there is one thing that is probably on the rise, I think it's that corporations are going to be called out if they don't actually stand for things and aren't actually contributing to helping address everything from climate change to inequality to, you know... But they better do it authentically because otherwise they'll be found out. indeed. Yeah, Alan had a really good comment he made which was he said it's important to think about not just what you say but what you do and if there's one recommendation he had is start with do and then say then tell somebody else because please. you know the easier thing that most corporations do is like we stand for this oh we haven't done anything about it yet you know which Iceland got caught up a little bit on on the whole sort of they'd done a lot but they hadn't done everything and that's mm. always you know the press are always looking for those. Yeah, the
0: other thing for me um, rising butchers Rise in butchers. We've seen systematic closing down of butchers. I think we're going to see a rise in butchers.
1: You
2: don't agree with that, do you?
0: Just starting again. I hope well, so,
2: because I'm from... My family's a butchers, mm. and my uncle's just about to close his shop because his family didn't want to take it over because it's such hard work, and mm. and I think they were kind of outpriced by the You My mum always wanted me to be a butcher, and I was like, oh, no, not quite right, but chef, yeah, I could do that.
0: Mm. There's oh,
1: the whole opportunity of the butcher, chef, Tom Carriage route, you know. Yeah. May <laughs> not be too late. There
0: you go. Well, uh, Marianne Lum, thank you so much for joining us. We'll Keep tabs on what you're up to. Maybe you can come back in a year and let us know what restaurant you'll be opening or what My you're pleasure. doing. Or what, thank
2: you or so what much for having be. me. Nice. Thank you for the
0: cake. mean, that was lovely. Absolutely <laughs> lovely. Um, and um, Oliver Farmelow, Ollie's Nectarist. We'll put a link to Ollie's products um, you. if you want to um, sample them. Really... we thought they were outstanding in the future food awards um and as a young i'm sorry to say that sounds very condescending doesn't it but as a young sort of a business person we we were really impressed um how far you got because because business is tough and and negotiating for the first time is is, is pretty hard Mm. isn't it so thank you for having me no so well done to you um, and you've been listening to the Food Talk Show and, um, well, you know we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Uh, thank you to my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd. Um, we're missing Holly again. She's always off. I don't know where she is. We need to her to get back on, don't we? Yeah, well... Mm. One
1: can but hope. Yes, Holly, hope. where are you?
0: Holly, Holly, where are you? Um, so if you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. We're really interested in anybody that's doing anything really interesting, aren't we? Yeah, anything, any, anything you need?
1: breaking rules, get, big
0: answer. Get involved on Twitter. Or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts now, going back years and years and years, go to foodtalk.co.uk or via Speciality food magazine website um well i hope you have a, a great 2020 stick with your new year's resolutions we are no, not hard are they got to cook some vegetables we'll eat, eat and tell well. you about it and then make a hey, cocktail you'll, you'll and tell spend you more it. money on food Hang on. spend more money on food yeah so i think i'll think it'll be fine with mine <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll yeah. check up on that. we'll check but... up on them yeah so i hope you have a good week bye now